This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, the... European Championships for Women Football is taking place. It's a huge event. All the matches are on live on television, various television channels, and it's nowhere near the decisive stages yet, but it has been very interesting. We did a preview with Philip O'Connor last week. Philip is an Irish journalist, of course, regular contributor to the stand, happily, and he's been in Sweden 20-something years working and living there and he's very much into it and he's covering it in England. Philip, thank you very much. Your first report to us went down very well with our listeners and one has to say the standard is good and it got off to a bang the tournament when England put eight past Norway. That was was a shock to you anyway, I guess. I I saw the match and it was a, it was a, a thrashing. It was certainly was, but I actually think that that was really what was needed for this tournament, right? So one of the things you'll hear said about women's football, Eamon, is that it's inconsistent. Norway are the 11th ranked team in the world. England are ranked slightly above them somewhere. I can't remember exactly. Could be third or fourth or whatever. But they just shouldn't be knocking eight goals past Norway. But in this instance, when England is hosting the tournament, it was a brilliant thing to happen because now all of a sudden I'm down the south coast, just outside of Brighton as I'm speaking to you at the moment, and the whole nation is engaged yes. in this. They all saw those goals and it just, the party went on so long into the night and it really was in, so, in some ways, it was the arrival of, Engli- of, of, of women's football in England. Yes. Now, it has existed here for almost a century, but th- this really was a watershed moment. And of course, they'll be bringing the trophy home at this stage anyway. Well, well it, was, you know, it was only about 20, 25 minutes in and of course, you know, there's not a whole lot of songs for women's football yet. Football's so football's coming home. Exactly. Ba, ba, and, ba, ba. Yeah. and the Vindaloo song was coming out and that kind of thing. So there was a great sort of, you know, buzz in the stands, a great vibe in the stands. Now, I would go as far as to say that England are not as good as that result might suggest and Norway yes. are definitely not as bad as that result might suggest. And I was kind of disappointed at 
one way because the Norway attacking trio of Gura Wright and Oda Hegebay, the former Golden Ball winners, the world's best footballer in 2018, and Caroline Graham Hansen, they, they never showed up. They never got the ball. And the Norwegian defence, unfortunately, they made a little bit of a mistake, Eamon, in tournament football in picking two very inexperienced fullbacks. And yes. England have some of the best wing players in the world. And unfortunately, there was a sort of, after the third goal, I think it was, there was a collective paralysis set in. And sometimes yes. you see that with teams. You know, we saw it um, when in the Men's World Cup in 2014, when Brazil were beaten 7-1 by Germany, where we're sitting there and as every goal goes in, you're thinking, what, what am I seeing here? And that was what happened with Norway. But uh, amazingly, and this is something I don't think that you see in the men's game, not that we should be comparing, but every one of those players and their coach, Martin Huelgren, they came out through the mix zone afterwards and they didn't hide. They stopped. Yeah. They took. They talked to their own reporters and they were hammered by the Norwegian press for their lack of tactical flexibility, for their you know perceived lack of character. And they said, look, you know, this is a freak result. They didn't back down from it. And that was absolutely magnificent to see because you can lose a game, but that doesn't make you a loser. And in fact, having the courage to go out there and face the press afterwards, I think is, is worthy of great praise. Yes, and another surprise result, I think, Philip, was yesterday Germany playing Spain. Now, Spain are one of the very good sides, one of the better sides. Germany beat them 2-0, and I read somewhere that they'd never beaten Germany, but they weren't expecting to lose 2-0, and that would have been a kind of... I saw a quote from the one of the Spanish players, and it said, we'll leave our soul out there in their bid for a first win against Germany, well, they didn't get it. They didn't. I mean, they came close, but unfortunately, uh, Spain had been hit by two injuries before the tournament even got underway to uh, Jenny Hermoso and um, to Alexia Puteas. Puteas is arguably, it's not even arguable, she's the best player in the world at the moment. And to lose two players of that calibre, they were yes. the bookies' favourites. You know, the night before, Alexia went down with this cruciate knee ligament injury. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of knee ligament injuries in the run-up to this tournament. Uh, once she went down, that evened the odds in Germany's favour. I think that with those two players, Eamon, they would have beaten the Germans last night. The Germans have a tremendous squad. I don't think anybody has a squad of players from 1 to 23 who are so fundamentally, technically sound as the Germans are, but they don't have the kind of the stick-out standout star players that they had in the past. You know, when they, they were, you know, they had the best goalkeeper in the world, Nadine Angerer in 2013, an amazing goalkeeper, uh, Jennifer Marajan. They had some of these fantastic players there. They don't really have those players, but they are so solid. And again, that's something we've seen in German sports across the board in football and all sorts of sports that they have a really really high they don't drop below a certain level of like 95% and Spain will be really disappointed and the interesting thing there though is Eamon that the way it works out is that Germany have now won that group so they will play the second place team in England's group and that will either be Norway or Austria Norway need to beat Austria on Friday night to get in there and if Austria either draw or beat Norway they will be the team that, that they play and that means that England have to eat uh, to meet Spain now, we all know that our, our friends across the water yes. are prone to a little bit of hubris. And I think that England will struggle greatly against Spain because they will do what Norway didn't. Their game is based on that Barcelona template of pressing yes. high up the field, you know, getting the ball back in five seconds or less. Norway didn't do that at all. That was one of the huge tactical criticisms of them. And if Spain are to do that, you're going to see what happens is that, you know, England won't be able to pick out Millie Bright, the, the Chelsea centre-back. She won't be able to pick out these long raking 30-40 yard balls they're going to disappear and they're going to do a lot more defending on the edge of their own box. Now, Northern Ireland were beaten by Austria. 2-0, it happens. But the 
the point, one of the points, it seems to me, about the women's game is that it's developing all the time. There's more matches on television. There's Super League. There's a Premier League in Britain. There's a European club championship, a Champions League. So at this stage in the development of the game, it's bound to be uneven in terms sometimes of numbers. So you get an 8-0, which you wouldn't get in a more evenly balanced tournament with more experienced players. Yeah, I think Northern Ireland are a great case in point, Eamon, about where the progression of the game is, but also this sort of, this rare air, this stratification that's happening with the very top teams keep getting better. And teams like Northern Ireland and Ireland are going to have to work very hard just to keep up with them because it's going to be very difficult to surpass them. So Kenny Shields, the the Northern Ireland coach, has done a brilliant job with that team. Now, they may, you may say they lost the opener 4-1 to to Norway and then they lost 2-0 to Austria. They were beaten by Norway in qualifying for this competition 6-0 twice right Right. so 6-0 in Northern Ireland and then 6-0 in Oslo and then they come over here and they lose 4-1 so that in itself was an improvement in quite a short space of time and then to go out against an Austria side who made things extremely difficult England only beat them I think 1-0 in the opening game of the tournament that's a huge progression just in the space of maybe six months for that Northern Ireland team now Kenny and the Northern Irish FA got those girls together these girls work in shops and they work in hotels and they look after people's children they are not full-time professionals in the Women's Super League here in England, right? But what they did was that they found a training base, I think it was just outside Belfast, and they said, okay, girls, you're going to have to go and work as normal. We can't afford to pay you you your wages that you would miss going to work, but come here, train every day. We'll do the measurements. We'll do the carbon dioxide tests, you know, to see how quickly you're recovering. Sleep your eight hours a day. Try to get a nap in the afternoon. And they have improved immeasurably. Now, unfortunately, they're already mathematically out of the tournament, but they have made so much progress in that space of time. Now, the problem, of course, is that you have teams like Spain, you have teams, like Spain have come on immensely in the last three or four years, arguably the top nation in the world when all their players are fit. Germany are there, the Dutch have shown us that they're there, and England are there. Norway should have been there, but for that 8-0, so I can't count them there anymore. But once you go past them, you're looking at teams like Northern Ireland, like Finland, like Iceland, whose biggest hope at the moment is to contain these bigger sides. Maybe make it to the last eight, but it's really, really difficult, because as soon as the knockout games start, you'll just, all that will be left is the creme de la creme of the game. Yeah, it's worth pointing out that the Republic of Ireland team are in a playoff, I think, to qualify for the Women's World Cup. Yeah, they're not mathematically there yet, but that's the plan, is that that's where yes. they'll be. They, they, of course, got the best result, what I would consider one of the best away results in their history, in a 1-1 draw away to Sweden, where Ireland actually took the lead. Uh, the Swedes would say against a run of play. I'm not sure I'd agree with that, but uh, they got an equaliser anyway. The Swedes qualified that night and they celebrated as if they'd won the World Cup. And Ireland did you know, the same thing because they're in a very good position to do it. But it's one of those situations, Eamon, where you can't take your eye off the ball. As I mentioned there in, in relation to Northern Ireland, the game is developing so quickly. Like, you know, the players from Iceland that are here, the players from Portugal who replaced Russia when Russia were kicked out of the competition by UEFA, they're developing so fast just by being here, just by showing up to these games, by going through the whole media access days, flash interviews, learning how to be a world-class player operating at the top of the game. And if you're not in that company, and Ireland, unfortunately, have never been in that company, well, then the rest of the world is going to pass you by. But that said, um, as I mentioned to you, I'm in Brighton. Megan Connolly is back training with our club here. The the, uh, the WSL, the Women's Super League players and the, England, the Women's Championship players are already back working towards this. So they are heading in the right direction. But there's a very interesting couple of games coming up now when the autumn, when this competition is over and the autumn gets in. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Now you're adopted home is Sweden, of course, Philip, and they play tonight to play Switzerland, and a number of their players have gone down with a stomach bug, which can be deadly if you have to, you know, play sport. I've had it, most people have had it. There's nothing more debilitating, well, nothing that you're likely to encounter in day-to-day life more debilitating than a stomach bug. Well, that was actually the Swiss camp that got that. And I think nine of the girls missed training the other day. So I'm sure the Swedes, rather than suffering from it, they were rubbing their hands with glee because one of the things that happens when you get a stomach bug game is, you know, that thing if you just can't keep fluids on board, everything comes up or goes out. And it's extremely warm in England at the moment. You know, I was actually saying to my wife that, you know, forget going to Croatia or Greece or whatever. You need to bring your kids and maybe Liam Brady might have a spare room in his house in Brighton that we could borrow off because the weather has been beautiful here. And that's the case pretty much all over England so it's very very warm here and it is quite debilitating and that's one of those things that you might get through the first 15 minutes 20 minutes half an hour of a match but after the 70th minute if you haven't been able to eat uh, and drink properly I think uh, they used to call it refueling in terms of Paul Gascoigne and how he refueled but um, that was the the kind of thing that's very very difficult in the run up to the game and it's so important because everything is meticulously measured in terms of recovery these days and of course they're into now you know the sort of key games of the group stage the first game is out of the way 
So that's going to be difficult for them. Another thing that has happened, Eamon, as a subject that you and I have spoken about at great length, is that we're getting individual COVID cases. So England have had one, right. an Arsenal centre-back who's been in there. She was whipped out and sent home to recover. Now, I just heard, just before I came uh, to talk to you, I just heard that she's back with the squad now. She's te- tested negative. So, but we're back in a situation here. Certainly, I'm working for UEFA as the team reporter for Norway. We have to wear masks indoors again. We have to maintain our distance from the players when we're talking yes. to them. Outdoors, you're pretty much okay. So that's something that they're very, very co- uh, conscious of because that's the kind of thing, a stomach bug or COVID or something. The wrong player gets that. You know, if they get a knee injury, as in the case of Spain, that could upend the tournament in, in its entirety for them. And as far as I know, they're not allowed to replace players unless it's a goalkeeper. Right. Now, the Swedes are playing Switzerland tonight. And as you pointed out, we had a very good result against Sweden when we got a draw in the away leg. But the Swedes were among the favourites before this competition started and are among the favourites. But they didn't get a great result in their first game. They didn't. They drew against the Dutch in the first game, and I kind of yeah. the Dutch are reigning European champions. But I, I didn't really have, you know, I had. It's not that I didn't rate them. I, they were up there in the top five or six teams. I would have mentioned, but I didn't think. Looking at all the other squads that are out there, I think they've stood still a little bit. And Sweden have gone on. They've developed. They've made the Olympic final. Uh, they they lost on a, on a penalty shootout to Canada. They have some tremendous individual players, but as yet they didn't quite click. And I think, Eamon, what we're seeing is, I think if you remember back to when Ireland played against Italy in the nineteen ninety four men's World Cup and we beat them in, in the first game and of course we thought we were kings of the world now they yes. went on to lose the final and we went home after getting beaten uh, a little bit later yeah. on there in the last 16 and th- th- that's the kind of thing I think is happening because there's a lot of talk uh, in football at the moment about a subject called periodization, right and it means hitting your peak at exactly the right time in a given tournament so yes. with Pep Guardiola on the men's side you'll often see that just around Christmas time and then again just coming up to the last few games of the Premier League and I think the Swedes came into this thinking we want to be here for three group games, a quarterfinal, a semifinal, and a final. So they haven't quite hit that level just yet. Now, they've also had uh, their main sort of striker, goal getter, is Stina Blackstenius, who plays plays for Arsenal now. She signed there in January, and she was one of the most sought-after players in Europe back then. Her, co- her contract with her Swedish club was running out, and basically everybody was offering her all the money in the world to go. And she wasn't quite fit. She had a little bit of a problem coming into the World Cup, but she's now fully fit. So like in this game against Switzerland now, you'll see her sort of returning to her usual lethal self. She's a great player off the shoulder. So if you can just drop that ball anywhere in the back line, she's great at getting her body in the way, getting her body between the defender and the ball, and then she's strong enough to stay up and to get her shot off. So I would expect Sweden to get a, you know, to be an awful lot better there and to just pace themselves into the knockout rounds. Because as I mentioned earlier on, all that's going to be left in the last eight, Eamon, is the cream of the crop. And you you yes. don't need to be burning energy. You know, it's I know, like I saw the England substitutes coming off the bench against Norway and they were dying to be let off the leash and I was thinking yes. that's actually not what you want to see you want to see them conserving that energy because Norway at that stage were beaten now they don't yes. need that against Northern Ireland in their final group game so they'll probably rest a lot of those players and then just try to keep them you know for, for, for Spain if they meet them and try to keep them through the tournament because it becomes a war of attrition especially in heat like this and we saw that in, in France I think it was, is it uh, Deauville in France that you like to visit yeah, there Deauville was, yes yeah, yeah. that was where 
where England beat uh, Norway. Uh, the, the two teams stayed in Deauville in 2019. And of course, it was a lovely, warm French summer, as I'm sure you've enjoyed many of them. Yes. But <laughs> because Norway didn't have that, they didn't have the same depth of squad as England, they were too tired to actually put it up to them and eventually ended up losing 3-0 in that game. And that's one of the things that the Swedes and the Germans and the England and the England team, they're not going to want to do that. They're going to want to pace themselves to make sure that they have what it takes to get to the latter stages of this tournament. Yeah, I've just been handed an update here. Sweden and Switzerland started playing at five o'clock and the latest score is 1-1. Well, you probably know that anyway, but if you don't... Uh, uh I have yeah. it on in the background. It was Fridolino Rolfa, <laughs> a fantastic player for Barcelona. Tremendous left foot. And nominally, she plays as a left back for Barcelona. But, uh, you know, Barcelona don't need defenders because no team ever gets into their half. So she's just given a <laughs> license to sort of charge up the wing there. So she got the right. Swedish goal, but they conceded sort of minutes afterwards. But one thing I just, if you want to zoom out the lens just a little bit, Emil, I'd just like to say a little yeah. bit about the crowds that we're getting at the games here, right? Yes. So there was a lot of controversy earlier on uh, before this game started that, you know, stadiums like Brentford, rather than Wembley were getting chosen. Now, the opening game for England, I think 68,000 people went to Old Trafford to see them uh, play in, in their opening game against Austria. And of course, you know, the performance wasn't that great. But there was almost 30,000 in the stadium here in Brighton the other night. And the atmosphere was incredible. A lot of the games are getting, you know, 10, 15,000. And it's tremendous to see so many people and the variety of people that are going to these games, eh? But You've been watching yeah. football in England all your life. And, you know, when you were playing in, in the 70s, the 60s, in the 70s and when I got interested in the 70s and the 80s there was a certain type of person went to football and it wasn't always the safest place to be going I'm sure if yes, you've been to indeed. the bowling ground the old West Ham ground I've been to Stamford yeah. Bridge many times and I don't think I've ever felt 100% safe once but there's a much yes. more family atmosphere around this you know you wait for handing out these foam hands and people are enjoying themselves there uh, they, they go in they get their hot dogs they sit down they watch it and the, like some of the football has been brilliant there's been no shortage of goals because there are there is still this gap between the really good teams and the teams are only just qualifying maybe yes. for this first or second time. But the atmosphere has been brilliant. I think the organisers did get it wrong because they had the the venues for the games before they knew which teams were playing there with the result that you know England could sell they should have all their home games at Wembley because they'd easily sell 60-70,000 tickets yes. it's an event now so maybe that's something that the organisers might consider doing but so far it's been a tremendous success and it's been like it's it's a great showcase for the women's game and then of course you have the BBC are pumping any amount of money into it RTE are showing all the games they're sending yes. commentators out uh, who are actually at the, at the grounds I've met one or two of them they have analysts sitting there giving really good analysis at times on, on the tactics of what's happening. So I think it really is sort of bringing the game, you know, it's, it's really giving it the credit it deserves. Yeah, just finally, Philip, the final is on the 31st of July, but looking at this tournament and the coverage it's, it's got and also the quality of the football, would it be fair to describe this tournament as a breakthrough moment, particularly in England, for women's football? I, I absolutely think so, Emma, because if you remember in 1996 when the men's tournament was held in England, something changed then. And that was you know, yes. like, like this this behemoth, this monster that is the Premier League now. Much of that is built on, the Premier League was only five or six years old at that point. And I think that's what's happening here. There's so many people falling in love with so many players. I'm getting so many messages from people going, oh, who's this player? Why have I never seen her before? Oh, you know, she's only ever played in Norway. She's never been seen on TV before. And if you go, you know, if you Google the names of these players, a 
lot of the times you won't find anything because nobody's ever really written about them. But now yeah. they're writing about them. And in the same way that I think I remember you saying at one point that everybody was in love with John Giles at one point, but nobody ever seen him play because he was over yes. in England and he wasn't on the television. And But now young people are seeing them play. Boys and girls, men and women are seeing them play. And I see them now, you know, with the names of Vivian Miedema, the Dutch striker on the back of their shirt. They're not turning up, you know, with the men's names on the back of their shirts. And I do think that this is a watershed moment. And the fact that it's happening in the perceived home of football, which is England. I mean, we all think that, you know, that was what we all grew up with. And Norway, Norwegians have been watching English football, you know, the dark winter days since the 70s. So I really think that this is a turning point. It's building on the great work and the great tournament. There was the FIFA World Cup in France in 2019. And at a time when there's so much darkness around football, when, you know, we're looking forward, if we can use that expression, to a, a men's World Cup in Qatar, we need a little bit of light. We need a little bit of joy and a little bit of goodness. And so far, this tournament has been providing that in spades. That's brilliant. I'll tell you, just before we go, you know, when you talk about people arguing about issues in football, who's better and so on, John Giles tells a fantastic story about his father and his uncle having a monumental argument, disagreement, about who was the better player, Tom Finney or Stanley Matthews, who were both great players, English players in the 40s and 50s. And this argument went on for ages. The irony was that neither John's father or his uncle had ever seen either player play. And that's very much reminiscent of my childhood as well. We, 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 we adored players and idolized players that we'd never even seen play. We just went on the folklore and the goals that we'd heard about. So football has come an awful long way, and this is a, a great moment for women's football, and we'd urge all our listeners who are interested in football to watch it, to support it, and, of course, to support the Irish team when they go off and try and qualify for the World Cup as well. Philip, we're very grateful to you for bringing us the news of this competition. Thank you very much indeed. That's Philip O'Connor. We're grateful to Philip, deeply grateful to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80 less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.